Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Unadilla Wrap-Up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We super appreciate these things are uh, pretty popular with you guys, judging by the numbers, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening to this little little wrap-up we do each and every week. BTOsports.com, uh, check them out. The, use the code PulpMX to save yourself money there. All-new website, best prices around, great international shipping rates, and free if you spend over a certain amount. And all new mobile friendly websites. So while you're at the track and you need to chain and sprockets while you're sitting on your lawn chair and you see that your teeth are hooking and your chain is beat down right there on your smartphone, use the code PulpMX to save yourself money at BTOsports.com. And of course, uh, presented by Fox Racing, Foxhead.com. Brand new Fox gear out now. Ryan Dungey rocking it to an overall win at Unadilla. The uh, cyan blue Fox stuff. Uh, official gear of Kenny Roxon, Ryan Dungey, and many others. 2015 stuff out, like I said, uh, V4 helmet, instinct boot, airspace goggle, you name it, they've got it at uh, foxhead.com. As, as usual, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. I'm the one who has the equipment, so I'm always doing these. And it's my ticket to a secure employment at RacerX. Also on the line, uh, another w- ticket to my secure employment at RacerX, my online editor, my boss, the voice of American motocross, Jason Wygant. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Well, I know I am your editor, but uh, we did have a discussion, and we'll have to get to this uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. You are saying that I am not doing a good enough job of protecting you from your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So I am um, not editing well enough. You are. You need to help Protect me. you from yes. yourself. I'm like Superman, and when I go to rescue uh, a kitten from the tree, I actually knock the whole tree down and kill a kitten. I'm not aware of my own powers. I need to be saved from my powers <laughs> and thoughts. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. Also on the line, uh, uh, Hawking Fly Racewear to uh, all of America and probably still hungover from celebrating Fly Racing's second moto win at Unadilla via Trey Kennard, the Jason Thomas. Oh, yeah. The, Good moto. The, the, uh, the 2015 Fly gear that Trey Kennard was rocking, 90 or 95% responsible for his moto win. Uh, I would say 41%. Oh, nice. Good one. Yep. Well, presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Thanks, everybody. Uh, let's get into this thing right away. I guess, first of all, before we get to Unadilla, Weege, um, the word of the day, we were getting hit up by it. You told me you didn't really want to do it anymore, and then you said we would, and then we were taking suggestions. We eventually settled on Belgian Waffle, which you accepted the challenge, except you had no phone service, and you just simply forgot. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, numbers don't lie. I, I missed it. I, I was incorrect. Stats will show. I did not get it in this weekend. Yeah. But 
Belgian waffles, I think, was a half-assed effort. I think we need to not do food. Something has gone off the rails with this word of the day thing. Something is not right. Explain. It, it, it's uh, it's become become too much of a battle. It wasn't supposed to be a battle. I think it was supposed to be cool. Um, but I think the word of the day suggestion board has gotten offended. Like, if I say it, they get angry that I get it in. Like, it goes back to this Chad Reed hole-shotting Mount Morris. You're saying I was showboating. I was called for unsportsmanlike conduct. Right. I was just getting it in. Was a little over the top. I had no choice. What if Reed hole shot and then faded back instantly? What if he needed to step it up? F you for saying that. I'm digging myself deeper here. Um, yep. Well, the, I think we, 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 need to, we need to just go back to the old way of doing it. It's not a competition. It's just something cool for the listeners. Well, I thought we st- I looked at it like a challenge. I know, but when I started doing it, I think it was cool, not, damn this guy, he got it in again, F him. I don't know if it ever turned into that. Did you feel like that? Yeah, I believe after the read thing, the, uh, the attitude changed. It became a competition. <laughs> it became good, used to, it, good versus evil. It used to be about the music, man. Now it's all corporate and sellout. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So well, we need to bring it back, but I think we need to bring it back here on the podcast. Can't be doing it on Saturdays. Right, right. Well, half the time. Uh, I, I mean, half the people probably didn't even know. Well, we forgot, too. I think that was it. We forgot in the podcast. It's my job. I write down a little bit of notes before each podcast. So yeah. you blame it on me for not writing that down and not bringing it up. I mean, I, got, I didn't get it in this weekend. I'm not going to hide from that. Mm. Uh, you told me. I mean, I, you told me on the way when I was walking over there for the first moto, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, love, I think it's awesome. People are into it, but we need to get back to the spirit of what it was. We're all in this together. It's a fun thing everyone can share. It is not uh, the world hoping I don't get it in. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's think of one. Maybe by the end of the podcast we can, while we're doing this. Well, the BTO truck suggested jihad. (laughs) I don't think that that's good. That will not be easy. I mean, if you want to, you can go ahead. JT and I were debating this. I feel like that would be taken out of context very quickly. But I understand it's what just... Is, what are the chances between now and um, next Saturday that there'll, there'll be peace in the Middle East and <laughs> the word won't mean anything? Things are good? <laughs> yeah, I think hey, we're on the verge of that any day, I think. I, I, okay, so I, it probably I really, won't be a sensitive... I really do. <laughs> uh, you can go jihad. I mean, it's your, it's your neck, but... Uh, uh, that... Yeah, it's my career. It's true. I just think people would... Oh, don't you know. forget the crown molding thing. See, the crown molding thing, too. I mean, that was controversial. Um, too many times well, too far that, had the other the co-hosts in on it. Well, that's why I think JT, some of the, JT, some of the um, hostility towards Weege is because he got the two GLs saying crown molding, and we're like, really? Oh, yes. You're, you're taking something that's supposed to be difficult and just making a mockery of it. That's, that was where, I, the, mean, I think, the... Uh, some the Discord of the, came in. Some of this is on you, bro. I'm trying to keep it fun and exciting. I did not know that getting the word in or doing it more was actually going to be a negative thing. It's like running up the score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's up? You're, we're like the Washington Generals. You're the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> it's fourth and one, and conduct. you're throwing a bomb while you're up by five touchdowns. Yeah, what's up, Belichick? my conduct. What's up, Belichick? You just... You just need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, when you hear the word, are you saying, yes, that's awesome, we're in on this joke, or are you saying, damn it, he got it in? Yeah, I guess. That's, you need yeah, to it, was more, it was that's more saying, 
we must be complete morons because not only did he get the word in, he got everyone else to get the word in, and repeatedly. Well, my ultimate goal, and I have to admit this was getting cocky, my ultimate goal was to get a mechanic to say it while Georgia was interviewing him during the moto. <laughs> I have to admit that was definitely, that was cruel intentions there. There was some, uh, <laughs> there was a, people on Vital MX who were not happy with, with the word of the day, considering it, a, you know, making a mockery of the sport, too. So. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was two insiders, and what do people think? If, you know, if you're the, G, if you're the CEO of uh, Gillette and you're tuning in and crown molding is being repeated over and over, you might just take your sponsor dollars elsewhere. Yeah, it's very offensive, clearly. Mm-hmm. So. I, yes, I'm, I'm sure any sponsor could, could, would listen to that and be like, you know, the way that fit in, I bet you that's not an accurate description. I bet you he's doing that because there's an obscure podcast I never heard of where they suggested him to fit that mm-hmm. word in. I'm sure that's, that's why they did that. That's what Vital says. How would anyone on earth? I'll stand by it. Those two F-turns after the finish at Washougal, it is like crown molding. Yeah, not a bad idea. It was, it was clever of you, for sure. Um, I all right. needed Moosecan to make that pass there. Though. I was getting very nervous. You know what wasn't clever was you... Almost costing Jason Thomas and my jobs at Racer X. Of course, I was able to stave it off because I have the equipment to do this podcast. As long as I have this equipment, I might, I might just <laughs> have it. But um, that wasn't cool. Let's talk about that a little bit uh, before we start talking about Unadilla a little bit or, or later on on the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Weej, uh, uh, you it signed us. You said you assigned JT and I and yourself. Yep. Um, what's up with what's up with Barsha? What's up with uh, Pike? No, what's up with Millsaps? And what's up with Roxon? We're all, yep. all three riders are switching teams. We all know this. It's been talked about on this podcast for a long time. And um, so you said, "Hey, you three, you two, write about it, and I will also." And then yeah, it, com- it was our three on three feature last week on Racer X, and it completely blew up in our faces. <laughs> I believe, and I'm going to just drop this. I, I believe our we it was shit show. That was the only way we could actually <laughs> describe the way that article. Just out. absolutely a shit show. I what? thought I had avoided it. I really did. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no! Oh, trust me, I'm very aware. Um, uh, it started with a text from Millsaps to me, um, and and uh, and honestly, I go back. People go back and and read what I wrote. I didn't write a whole lot different than the other two Jasons here on the line, but. Millsaps texted me and said, JT was cool. Weege, you and I, we were dicks, and he's going to show us. I honestly agree with Davey. <laughs> and, uh, he likes Irv. He does. He likes Irv. <laughs> yep. Um, and basically, you know, we kind of wrote like, hey, we don't – I wrote that we've been lied to all along this, this, uh, this process of Millsaps not riding one single race all year. I don't doubt – and I wrote this again. I don't doubt that Davey wasn't hurt. Uh, that, I'm not saying that. He's not faking any injuries or anything like that. He had some serious foot injuries slash knee injury coming off uh, last, last summer. Uh, but Davey said uh, basically, uh, you know, he wasn't happy and he'll show us. And, uh, you know, it kind of ended up okay. We were LOLing on the text. I don't know if grown men should be LOLing with each other, but we were. And, um, you know, he was okay. And then Shortly after that was uh, Justin Barsha calling me out on Twitter, uh, saying that uh, when I write things, it makes him laugh. And I said, I'm glad I could entertain you back on Twitter. And then he said something else, and that led to me texting him. And 
him going off on me saying that, uh, um, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, this and that. Uh, he didn't switch teams for the money, which I never wrote, never said. Um, and um, then that was about an hour later, I got an email from uh, Kenny Roxon's agent uh, with multiple swear words and name calling when uh, all I wrote was that uh, I said the very first reason was Kenny Roxon was changing because of his bike. And I said later on, I said uh, four paragraphs later, I wrote that it, the, the, I also believe the agency had something to do with it. I used the word a bit, quote unquote, a bit to do with it. And uh, so that, that, that was there. And um, JT, uh, Bobby Hewitt from the Rockstar team didn't like what you had to say. And then you heard it. And Weege, I don't know, did, and Weege, all this kind of comes to you because you're the editor, right? As far as uh, yeah, I mean, I read it all, and I I, I did no, but I mean, all. yeah, absolutely. But, I even did change a few things here and there. But you you get you get you understand that there's flack being given out from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think actually I had uh, Hugh was more on JT, but I had mentioned uh, something similar. I guess not as um, not as heavy on it, but I think I mentioned something about it also. So he wasn't pumped on on either of us, but it mm-hmm. was more. On JT, yeah, none of us were escaping. No, that's that yeah, that was my point. No, no nobody got off scot free. Yeah, just, I think I was cool with Barsha, but Millsap said you and me. You know, Hewitt said JT and me. So, but uh, you know, I, you know what though, I, I feel like I want to explain it this way. It's not fair for you being on this podcast and the people who are mad not being. I mean, you can say that hey, I said it four paragraphs down about the agent, and I didn't say Barsha went for the money. But the bottom line is. We're never going to see eye to eye on this, no matter what. I mean, we're dealing with highly sensitive and actually, in reality right now, classified information, right? Like, we're writing about things that aren't supposed to be written about. Roxon has not officially publicly switched. Uh, neither has Millsap. Neither I, has um, Barsha. I don't agree. We know it will happen. I don't but agree. But I think in general, when you're talking about anything involving this, team switches, business, money, talking about it before a press release comes out, no matter what, the people are going to get mad. So I don't think it's fair for us to come on here without anyone being able to state their side of the story and just continue to defend ourselves no, over and over. The, it, the, was just, the point, it was just a shit show. The point I'm making was it was just a shit show. I'm not saying that we're right and they're wrong. Yeah, just, yeah, I want to be very careful to not, because they always say you don't pick fights with people who buy ink and barrels. Like, if we're in the media, we can just keep getting the last word in over and over and over, and I don't want to do that. Uh, you're never going to write about something like this and knock at people mad. We just need to... Just realize that that's what's going to happen. Maybe stop doing it. But we can't stop doing it because this is what people want to know. And if we don't say anything about it, it makes us look dumb. Because for the most part, uh, there's quite a few fans, and it probably gets mentioned on forums or whatever. A lot of people already have this info. They already know where these guys are going, right? So for us to write absolutely nothing about it either makes us look like we're covering things up or we're complete idiots because we're not in the know. So we can't not do it. This is what the fans really want to know about. If you look at real sports, NASCAR, hockey, JT might debate hockey being a real sport, uh, NFL, um, this kind of stuff is written about all the time. This player is talking to this team. This team is close to a deal with this guy when free agency starts. Uh, I just read a column all about how Carl Edwards is leaving Roush and going to JGR next year. Um, even though, of course, nothing's official, but it's all well-known in the garage that this is happening. I guess the bigger question is, I guarantee you, now I don't look at other moto sites all that much. I, I check out Pulp MX here and there. Um, but um, 
I, I guess the question is, why aren't the other sites covering this stuff? Because they're really not. So that's why I think somehow, Weege, we get in trouble because we're the ones really only writing about this. I don't think the other sites are. Again, I don't check them all the time, and I don't check them that much. But I would, knowing what I know about them, I would imagine no one is doing a story about why Kenny Roxon is switching to RCH. Maybe that's part of the problem. Well, we did two things, though. We didn't just say it. Then we actually give an opinion on it, and that's something that no one else is doing. I, I think the info's out there. Maybe, maybe this story, yes. Some other stories, no. Sometimes, I'm sure you can, I'm, I hate to say this. It makes me sick to think about it, but I'm sure you can learn just as much. There's probably things that get mentioned on Vital that we're not talking about. There's plenty that aren't true also. Right. Uh, but I don't think it's just that we have more info. I think it's that we are the only site that actually gives an opinion. Like, we didn't just say, is Millsaps going to Kawasaki? We said what we thought about it. And I guarantee you, I cannot think of another media person or company that does that at all. Well, that's part of the problem. Yes. We get a lot of heat, and I feel like when we get heat on this, a lot of times it's, why is it always Racer X? And my answer is, because no one else writes anything at all. So, of course, they don't write anything offensive. They right. literally don't write anything. So, do we just not write anything? Is that what, is, I mean, do we avoid, you know, people not being happy and, and, and Coombs not getting phone calls and, and you not getting emails and, and all that? I, to, I don't know. Do, I don't know, because just, it's, it's like we're saying, no matter what our opinion is, when you get to sensitive topics like this, People are going to get mad. No doubt about it. Well, I hope everybody listening um, appreciates that our balls are out there. My balls are out. I pre- hope everyone... Right on pre- the handlebars. They're not on the handlebars. They're on the, on the laptop. No? The balls are on the laptop. And I hope pe- okay. people appreciate that. I put my balls out on the laptop. JT put his nuts all over his MacBook Air. And, uh, and Weed, you, you have a 20-year-old MacBook that you put your nuts on. And I hope people appreciate that. That I have a 20... 20- 20-year-old laptop? No, that, that we've all put our nuts on our keyboards. Balls out. Yep. It was like I mentioned on your show on Thursday, your, the pre-race show, <clears throat> Fly Racing, bringing that to you. Um, yep. That is correct. If yep. You, yep. Yeah, that's, that's, no arguments on that one. If you were to tell fans right now, uh, we give you two choices. You can only know who wins at Unadilla, <laughs> right, or right. you can know what Ryan Villapoto is doing next year. Almost everyone would be like, dude, there's plenty of races. Well, we I'll a- give you an Adila result. We asked the Please one guy. What we, asked the, doing. we asked the one guy, and he couldn't have been more emphatic with the, felt that he, the fact that he wanted to know about RV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the problem is the fans and other sports like this, too, this off-the-track, off-the-field stuff is actually more interesting to most readers. It really so is. We have to yeah. deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really think that it's not even so much the stuff we say. It's just the the culture of silence that we deal with. I mean, it, if, if you, I know we talk about this all the time privately, but you look at the other major sports, this is nothing. The fact that they're they're talking about rumors and tweeting stuff is nothing. That's like that is this is the whole reason that shows like First Take and all these shows of that genre exist. That's how those shows stay on the air. Well, I would say we're tamer than any of that. Of course. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, right. it's not what we're saying. It's just the culture we're in that's so it just uh, basically frowns on, on any kind of talk like that. Well, and then also, too, and then this is classic. This isn't just Justin Barsha. and It's the fact that uh, he wrote, he thought that I wrote that he switched for the money when 
I said a guy like him switches for the bike or the money, and then I never mentioned money again. I said bike or money, and I never, ever mentioned money again. And I talked about his bike. And yet somehow Justin thought it was because of money. And I'm just like, I screenshot it to him and said, where did it say I said you switched for more money? I never said that. I was simply setting up my question, you know? So that's a little frustrating too where it's like and, – and, and we've all got that where you're like you just heard your, your man friend or trainer told you we said this. But did you actually read it or listen to it? And they go, no. And you're like, okay, thanks. Awesome. Great. You know? Yeah. So thanks, Weege. Thanks for that. Thanks for that shit show. That's awesome. Yeah, we're uh, – Mathis, I think you've earned a little sabbatical here. We're not going to use you for three on three this week. I think you need to just put an ice bag on the head and – you know, maybe go to the masseuse a few times and just relax. <laughs> just, just calm Hold down. down. Right. It was a rough week for you. I just, uh, I, I just, I don't know, man. I sometimes it gets me really frustrated, and I'm thinking about maybe calling JT up and trying to become, uh, you know, a, a salesman for Fly Racing or, or, or BTO Sports. We can talk about it. There's a couple shows that you're currently operating that I would have to, uh, we'd have to make some changes on, but maybe it'll work something out. <laughs> uh, or maybe BTOSports.com needs somebody in the shipping department. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, my hope is that um, that the more this gets done, the more it gets accepted, the more it gets understood. I mean, there was before the internet, there wasn't any gossip uh, whatsoever in the sport at all. I mean, it's it's moving at a glacial pace, but I mean, right. the more we do it, I think the more normal uh, well, it becomes. And honestly, in the media business in this sport, my number one fear. I'm, I'm going to give somebody the keys, the skeleton keys, right now. If there was anyone out there that really wanted to run a uh, Gawker, Jezebel-style blog site that really put stuff out there, they could really do some damage in this sport. Because You mean Brotocross? Well, uh, he had the potential to do it, I feel. Um, but I don't think he went full-on. You know, He just really went with the Brotocross gimmick, which I thought was cool and all. Right. But it didn't necessarily become an insider site. It was just, right. But my point is, everyone out here, think- us, I mean, we're all conflicted or constricted or we've got secrets we have to hold for this and for that. Someone out there was, like, able to really work the inside and just have no strings attached. Man, they would – that site would blow but, up. But the problem is that any site like that is drawn from revenue from sponsors, correct? As yeah. soon as that, per, that person outs any, any information that they feel is detrimental or they didn't want out there – so much for right. sponsoring that that site. So where are you going to draw revenue from? You know that that's the recurring theme. It would almost have to be a hobby. It wouldn't be anything yeah. that would be able to be self-sustaining. It would almost just be for fun. And and then you always question it, question the credibility of someone like that. So I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. It's just the same reasons that make it so difficult to do. Uh, you know would would keep it from happening. You know for for basically yeah. keep it difficult for us to say what we want to say would keep keep that from anything from happening so well I don't know. I, I, i've had uh i've had people tell me you know people who who, who aren't very pumped on on our work or my work or our work or whatever oh you're just a team z of motocross you're just putting everything out there i'm like oh really do you re- do you really want me to put out everything i know um because we don't it's it, we just we got to face these people every week not even close you have to go into the pits you have to face these people go in their trucks interview them after the races and i always draw what i think is a fair line of criticism or, you know, whatever, t- fair takes on subjects. Um, p- 
and, and I'm not scared to, to debate these with the said subjects, but uh, I take uh, I take offense to people who are like, you just you just you just talk shit and put everything out there. Oh really? Oh really? Because I could really. What do, do you that. think is a What do you think is a fair depiction of a percentage of what you act what we actually put out there versus what we know to be true? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would say it's a very small number. Yeah, it's very very small. Less than half for sure. So yep, absolutely. Anyways, all right. Uh, enough about that. We're 20 minutes in, and all we're doing is complaining so far. That's it. So, um, yeah, we're not winning ourselves any any friends here. Like I said, when you use your own forum to defend yourself, it's always a little bit uh, unfair. Right. So let's and, move on. And and, and um, I can honestly say, uh, Davey and Barsha and um, and Kenny and his agent and all that. I I have I have considered them acquaintances. I, I don't think we're broing down, but. I have nothing, you know, there are people in the industry that each one of us kind of go, eh, I don't like that guy, or, or that guy's sketchy, or whatever. I can honestly say, in, in regards to all these guys we're talking about, I consider them cool, and I have a good relationship with all of them. So, again, it's not like I'm out to get anybody, you know? So, um, all right, Unadilla. Uh, Unadilla, let's let's talk Unadilla. Um, seven points for Ryan Dungey after Unadilla. The train is off the tracks right now with the 94. Does anybody on this call think Ryan Dungey is not going to win this title, is not going to make up those seven points and win this title? JT? No, I, I mean, even at a seven-point deficit, he, if, I had, if I had to bet on today, I would, I would have to pick Dungey. Just, I mean, the, you know, the proof is in the results lately. It's hard to... It's hard to think that that Roxon is going to do anything to turn this around. No, we we I mean we we all are guilty of judging like you know we're talking making conclusions from one race and the next weekend anything can happen and we've seen that in motocross. But Weege, it's it's looking good for Ryan Dungey right now. Yeah, it's looking good in so many ways. I mean, we've had a pretty good variety of tracks now. I don't even consider Unadilla necessarily Dungey's best track. Oh no, or maybe no. Washougal is, or certainly Millville, but he's still got it done and. What are the odds that you happen to have these two other guys, these two Honda guys, that are running complete interference? Like, it's making it so much worse. Usually you get to this point, and these, the two guys are still so far ahead of everybody else, it doesn't even matter. But he's really in the danger zone because just dropping off the tiny bit he has, three guys are finishing in front of him. Well, we ju- I know how much you like the theory about you know planning everything out ahead. So, yeah. you know, three points between first and second. So Ryan, if Ryan wins every moto, it's over, no matter what. I know yeah, but I think we're seeing now that yeah. Ryan doesn't necessarily win every moto. He no. hasn't won every moto during this stretch here. But it doesn't matter because he's got enough interference where if you're Dungey, you're better off with this, hey, sometimes I might finish second behind Kennard, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Having those guys in there is going to help me more than it's hurting me. Well, Kenny, I mean, Kenny had a, a, a good first moto. I mean, he was second, um, held yep. off, the caught and passed Kennard, or I mean, Tomac, and yep. Trey had a bad start. So, you know, we saw Kenny maybe ride his best moto in a while uh, in that first moto, but the second moto, he just, those guys walked away from him. So, I don't know. Like, it was kind of a little bit of mixed bags for, for if, you're, if you're Kenny Rocks and you're like, hey, I beat the two Honda guys. Yeah, I didn't beat Ryan, but I was close and I was, I was there. But the second moto, fourth place, I mean, JT, that's just more stuff that, that shows us that, eh, you know. I mean, it's, it's the same thing we've seen over and over. Uh, second motos, late in the season, uh, has really been nothing good happening. So, 
So just uh, to be honest with you, I think the luckiest thing that happened for him all day was that Dungey couldn't beat Trey in the second moto and, and held on to those extra three points. Because or, or Trey, or that Trey got a bad start in the first moto. Right, right. I, I think he was fortunate. You know, for the for the way it played out, I think he was fortunate to only lose seven points because it could have been much worse, just as no. he said. Man, what is the deal, Weege, with Roxon? What do you think? You know, I mean, I kind of, I kind of hesitate on going on the old Kenny Roxon because he's got Alden Baker in his corner. You know, so we all kind of talked about, eh, yeah, he's done that in the past, but you know what? This is Alden Baker now, and, and Alden's won titles with so many racers, and he knows. Alden knows, uh, you know, when to push, when to when to back it off. I had a good conversation with with Baker last week, uh, before the weekend off, and um, you know, I mean, so what do you think? What do you think it is? I haven't been able to find all the footage yet, uh, but I believe my conclusion will end up being a uh, transfer of power. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the first moto, okay, he dominated Redbud. Then in the first moto at Bud's Creek, he went flying past, literally flying past Dungey, and then he passed Kennard, and he had the lead. Mm-hmm. And then something during that moto, something happened. I remember it because usually... Uh, with TV, as soon as the battle for the league kind of goes away, they start showing other battles. So it went away, and everybody expected it to go away. I and mean, once Kenny passed Dungey, we saw what happened at Redbud. We're like, well, that one's over. Let's go start watching 5th and 6th or 3rd and 4th or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were at commercial break, and I looked at the lap chart, and I said to Chris Bond, our producer, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Dungey is closing in. Mm-hmm. We need to get back on this. He's only two seconds down. And it really took me by surprise because at Redbud he had nothing for him, and honestly, most of the year he didn't. I'm like, what is the deal? And then, man, Dungey almost got him at the end of that moto. Something halfway through that moto changed. So there's clearly a transfer of power at work here somewhere. <laughs> okay. I don't know if he hit a lapper or what it was. Obviously, obviously. Mm-hmm. I um, believe it is. And, uh, and Trey Kennard, uh, fastest guy in both practices, wins the Oakley Bomb Award, probably infuriates John Knowles in the process. <laughs> that uh, that Trey won it, had anything to do with Oak, winning Oakley, anything, but uh, won the Oakley Bomb Award and uh, got, got a terrible start in the first moto, got fourth and second moto, walked away with it. The news of the day with Trey though is that uh, he put KYB suspension on his bike, and uh, that's a big deal. JT um, Honda owns a small percentage of Showa, we know that, and and it's not so much the switching of the brands. Like the show, like I, I had a lot of people in the pits tell me they couldn't believe that they went to KYB. Well, to me, that's not a huge deal. It's on the production bike. They have a relationship with KYB. It's the same old like some some bikes ran Bridgestones and some bikes ran Dunlops in production, and lots of politics and things go into to, into what goes on the production bike. That's not a huge deal. Just the fact that the a factory team with with three, with three races left put on brand new suspension from another manufacturer, whether whatever it was. Yeah, I still think it's a pretty big deal with uh, Honda running Showa race stuff. Um, just because you know Honda and Showa have been linked in their racing side for so long, but obviously with the the changes that are coming down the line, um, you know, it, as we talked about, it's it's understandable. But I definitely think that it shows that they're willing to make changes to win. You know, I think it's it's been a while since they've won consistently and i feel like you know obviously they found some things and and on the stopwatch it was enough of an improvement for whatever the settings were to try it and and i think a lot of people were kind of uh, raising their eyebrows just because it was so unexpected Uh, especially guys that had 
been there. I know, you know, talking to Chad and obviously Justin Barsha from his tweet seemed like uh, he was a bit surprised. So mm-hmm. um, just the attitudes of people I talked to, both racers and suspension guys in the sport, they were kind of, I wouldn't say shocked, but definitely surprised that Honda would make that move at this point in the season. I talked to Dan Bentley after the race, the Honda team manager, and I said, this is a big deal for you and Shane. Shane Drew, this ch- chassis guy. I said, you guys really, like we all know how Honda works and all the hoops you had to jump through to probably make this happen and you know, and all this kind of stuff. And Dan said, you know what? I took this job. And he goes, and I remember when Honda, I remember when we were, we were the team to ride for. And everybody wanted to ride for us and we won all the time. I remember those days. He goes, I took this job two, three years ago and said, I'm going to turn this ship around or I'm done. I'm out. I, I don't want to be here if I can't turn this thing around. And so that includes unearthing every single rock, looking looking under every rock and trying to get better and, and pushing the envelope, and, and so he made this happen. It was uh, quite a speech by Dan there. It had me thinking, tearing up a little bit, but, I mean, that's where his attitude was, Weege. Like, we got third place in his points locked, and let's try this, and Dan also made sure to, to, to make note that this doesn't mean that Honda will show up in Anaheim with KYB suspension. This isn't anything. He told me, I don't believe this, but he said, hey, we could show up with WP stuff next week. I don't believe that, but that's his point: is that they are just trying anything. So, kudos for those yeah, guys. Yeah, I've actually heard it there. I think I think there will be more um, show of stuff. To this is really pretty long term. It's clearly not about week to week at the nationals right now. It's what direction they want to go. So, I think they might even, from what I heard, try even some different show of stuff or more show of stuff. You know, as soon as the season's over for next year. So, it definitely mm-hmm. isn't um, done. But um, you know what I think is one key thing here: this new Honda has certainly not gotten a blazingly awesome rep over the last year or so what happened with reed and uh Barsh is moving on apparently not for the money we know that um so if you're honda you know the, the main thing you think is oh we can't have any bad words get out about our own machine but in this case if trey really consistently rides better here these next couple of weeks does it not take some of the pressure off a of honda of being like well the bike itself was good it was a fork issue or a shock issue and it was changeable and it's fixable and the bike itself the Honda part of it is okay. Doesn't that help them somewhat? I know it's usually not seen that way, but I would think it would. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt. Trey was Trey was really good. And whether it was the week off, whether it was Unidiller, or whether it was that suspension change, we'll we'll let you know after two more weeks. Well, should- the interesting thing was that he was fastest all day. I, well, I, don't, I shouldn't say in the first moto because we don't really know. But both practices and then the second moto, I mean, it's it's hard to argue against him being the fastest guy. So, yep. and, th- and that hasn't happened all year. That has not been the case, in my opinion, at one time or any time this whole season. So that's a big difference. So we'll have to, obviously we'll get more, uh, as you said, more to back it up this weekend. But it wasn't just a fluke moto where things came together. I mean, it was, a, it was an all-day thing. Well, and talking about a fluke moto, how good was that second moto between those four guys? That was awesome. Oh man, that was just really great racing from all the guys. Yes, it was. Do do either one of you have a problem with Tomac being selected to Motocross Nations over top of Trey Kennard, who is ahead of him in points? At the moment, I don't. Uh, <laughs> okay. If Trey, if Trey keeps winning, I think that you'll hear that grow. Right. I won't. Uh, I won't echo that because only because at the time when they had to make the decision, which is you know typically at Unadilla, they release it. Uh, I think it would be very difficult to to make that decision to choose Trey over, um, yeah. To cho- yeah, to choose Trey over Eli. So 
Hopefully, well, I shouldn't say hopefully, but we'll see how this plays out. But, um, you know, the opinion could change, but it's just difficult with the the parameters of time they're given. You kind of have to go off of what you know at that time, and, and that looked like the, you know, the, the best-case scenario. You look at Eli's rides, um, notably Millville, and I think that, that Millville ride went a long way to say, you know, that's our guy. We, we, we're going with him. So especially, you know, the, the team captain giving him – uh, his seal of approval, also at the press conference. So I just think there was so much momentum going that way that it would have been hard not to choose him. Weege, you have a problem with Tomac going over to uh, No, I, okay. I pretty much what JT said. I mean, you're you're deciding based on the previous couple of weeks, and I don't think there was much doubt Tomac was a little bit better um, than a trade at that point. Jeremy Martin. One more thing I want to say, oh, though, Mathis, yeah. I have a question for you. How is it possible that Trey rode better by making a change to the motorcycle? Because – that's just riders blaming crap. It doesn't do anything, right? How's well, that possible? Hold on a second. Settings, though. testing. Hold I mean, on a second. It's all the rider, bro. It's all the rider. It, it, he must have yes, felt better it, that day. It is mostly rider. It is. And, oh, by the way, too, uh, I had a great conversation with a guy that I'm trying to get a podcast with uh, uh, that will totally shoot down everything that JT believes in flames. No, no, not really. But anyways, uh, that's a major change, Weege. That's a big change. That's switching suspension components, which I understand – uh, the KYB stuff is very uh, uh, change-sensitive. Uh, a couple clicks make a big difference uh, in that fork. It's, it's, a, it's not a triple-air fork from what I believe either, so it's, a, it's set up a little differently too. I think the KYB fork has um, air in both sides. The valving and the, and the air are on both sides of the fork, where the Showa is a uh, single-sided function, separate function fork. So everything's on all the dampening and uh, is on one side and all the air is on the other side. So it's a totally different setup of fork. It's a different company. It's different philosophies. We just is a big change. So that's so it does get to a point in your oh, absolutely. Theory. I mean, it's a cha- it's a, enough. It's a massive change. So, yeah. but uh, it, you know what? I'm interested though. I'm I'm interested to see how this is going to work out. Like, I was trying to think like, is Trey good at Unadilla? Not really, right? Not. Not especially. You know, I mean, he's no, a great, I, I thought about that too. I don't think his results have ever been. He's a great rider. He's good yeah. anywhere, but he's. I don't remember. Yeah, it's not like a Unadilla track is. You know, suits him. No, I think when we get to the two fifty class, we might be able to throw that out there with the winner. But yeah. I don't think no, that's um, like that for Trey. So yeah, uh, yeah so it was a, it was a good it was a good race and and man, Dunge's. I mean, I guess in a way, uh, has okay. Let me ask you this, JT. Has Dunge risen to a new level, or Kenny dropped, or is it a little bit of both? Oh, I think I think Kenny's definitely definitely dropped. It, without would, a doubt, I you think Dunge is doing the that? same things he's been doing. Uh, he's consistently beaten Trey and and Eli since he's been back. Other than Millville, he's consistently beaten those two, and I think the gaps have been similar. But Kenny has notably dropped off. He's not. He's not the fastest in practice at the moment. He, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that he was doing, he's not doing. So if so we, I don't if, think there's there's okay. any other way to look at it than than uh, Ryan is just as strong as we've always seen Ryan be, all the way down to the wire. And okay. Kenny is doing just the same thing Kenny has done all the way down to the wire is, you know, results and and I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a you know, a, a biological thing with him. If it, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's mental or or physical makeup or what it is. Biological. But, uh, the numbers are there. I mean, the data is there. Biological, like that. Uh, okay, so let me ask you this, JT. So if the if there's a pie chart and it's 100, um, how much percent is Kenny dropping, 
And how much percent do you think it is Ryan Dungey picking his game up? Is it 100% Kenny just dropping in your eyes? Yeah, I do. I, okay. I think so. Because okay. I think Ryan's doing the same thing he, same thing he was. Um, okay. You know, it's, it's not like he's just running away from this thing. You know, a Trey beat him straight up in the second moto. So you, you can't just say that Ryan is on a different level at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you look at where Kenny's finishing, and he's not. You know, he he really lost touch with those guys in the second moto this weekend, and, and we've seen that, you know, same thing at Washougal, uh, the same thing at Millville in the second moto. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not something that's new as as far as we're talking about the last three or four races. This is kind of more of the same. Weege, what do you think? I do want to give Dungey a little bit of credit. For the most part, uh, I do agree that, that, that Rocks are just not the same. But, uh, you know, after Red Buck, Dungey got beat pretty bad, and I think um, a lot of people are like, man, you can see the way he's talking on the podium. He seemed pretty beat down. I think you do have to give him credit just for keeping his head in the game. I mean, there wasn't really much light at the end of the tunnel at that point. He got beat up, beat straight up by his younger teammate pretty bad. He was 20-some or a whole moto down in points. Mm-hmm. But typical robo-Dunge, you know, we get mad that he doesn't get super fired up or whatever in his interviews, but I think this paid off here. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't leave the track really feeling any differently probably than usual, and he just did his regular work as usual and then rode the way he usually does the next week. Um, so I think credit there to Dunge for hanging in there. One thing I do hope, yet at Washougal uh, on the podium for TV, Roxon mentioned his thumb was injured. Mm-hmm. And then oddly, he was asked about it in the press conference that day and said no, he had no injuries whatsoever. I really, really hope that this isn't just a deal where he's got some basic injury that he, for some reason, is just not telling anyone about. And then at the end of the year, it turns out that was the whole deal. Like, at this point, there's no reason to cover it up, bro. You're clearly not riding the same. I don't think you're intimidating anybody yeah, at um, this point. Baker told me it wasn't a big deal. The thumb is not an issue, right? Yeah, that's what that's what. That's what no. I don't think I it sure is. Hope not. I don't know anything. I'm just, my personal opinion, with no evidence to back it up, is that it's, that's not the reason. I sure. I, I just would be very mad if we go through all this for the last month or so of the season, and then September one, he's like, actually, I had torn ligaments in my thumb all along, and we'd be like, why would you hide that? So hopefully that's not the case. Um, hey, let's move on a little bit. Uh, Weege, the JGR bikes—they're so fast, ridiculous. Oh. Brayton pulls both hole shots, and Nicoletti's right there too. Yeah, and you know, the majority of the season, even the two fifties, also they've gotten a lot of starts. Um, but, you know, I'll give credit in another direction. Porcel, with all the hell shots he's gotten in JGR, I bet you Pirelli would like to be in on that conversation as well. Um, oh, you know. You, ridiculous. What's that? You know those tire guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was over at the shop today, and I was actually asking Sean Yudlikowski, one, one of the motor guys there, about it. And I'm like, is there a chance that you're building bikes that get starts but are almost too much? Uh, for the rest of the track. Like, I'm like, is that even possible? Could you build a bike that basically is like, we're going to kill the starts on this bike. It probably won't be the best setup overall for racing. And they said, nah, it doesn't really work that way anymore with the, you know, because you can change mapping on the handlebars, and they do have that mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. Um, I was so, uh, I, I was proud of their bikes. I was talking to uh, Metcalf in the Cowie truck after the race, and Chad, Chad came over too, and uh, we all had a conversation about the, those bikes, and Metcalf was like, they're so fast out of the turns. He goes, I was killing Brayton coming into the turns, trying to get by him, and he would just yard me coming out of the turns. He goes, so when I passed him, Metcalf told me, I, I chopped him pretty hard because I'm like, 
I got by you, and you're going to outmotor me, so I'm going to cut you off. He said, I felt kind of bad, but it was the only way I was going to do get by him was I had to cut him off because he was just going to motor by me the next straightaway, and Chad talked about it too. So, like, there's a couple of riders that are like, oh, man, these things. Like, I'm around these things a lot, and the, and the, the JGR guys are just brah, pulling away from them, you know? Yeah, the guys pointed out today a couple other sections of the track and scenarios kind of like that. Not with Metcalf, but with some other riders. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, we could see them get into the corner better. Yeah. But then our guys are just motor past them. Yeah. <laughs> so it does yeah. happen a lot, apparently. Yeah, it should, should be should be good for those. Good for those guys, you know? Um, Nicoletti. Well, I don't I, want to say that Barsha's going to be on the team next year because we need to move on from that topic, but mm-hmm. you put him on one of those bikes. I think all three of us said that in this article last week. The starts are going to be ridiculous. I talked to Nicoletti. The, his 7-9 finishes were the first time in his life he's ever finished in the single digits in both motos. He said he's gotten to some 10, 10-6s and 10-7s and 11-7 and 11-9. He said he's never finished two motos inside with single-digit uh, oh. moto finishes. So congratulations, Filthy Phil. Eighth overall, and he's done for the year. Unless Grant, do, do, do what they say about Grant coming back this weekend or not? Yeah, I think chances are he will. As a matter of fact, Filthy Phil is now preparing to race uh, Atlanta Enduro Cross in a couple weeks. I saw that. Yeah, which would be the same weekend, I think. Not this weekend, but I think it's Utah weekend. Um, JT. Uh, yes. Andrew Short. Andrew Short. Yep, good day. I mean, it could have been even better, but what a comeback. Sakamoto, right? Dude, on the ground. I mean, I watched him. He was dead last. Wait, I think there was one dude behind him. Uh, who'd fell in the first turn. But uh, 39th to, to 8th. What a ride. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when I saw him go by the, the you know, the finish line jump the first time, which is right after the start for people who haven't been there, uh, I was like, oh, man, there goes his overall. There goes, a, you know, just going to be a rough overall. It's not going to look good now on paper. And all those things went through my head, and then you just see him catch up, and he's in 23rd, and then he's in 14th, and then he's in 11th. You know, and it's just coming and coming and coming, and it was – it was crazy. I mean, I really honestly didn't expect that. So, you know, great job. I mean, oh. I think everyone who was paying attention to that was really, really uh, impressed by that ride. And there he is. I think he's six in the points. Um, and just no one really, you know, no one gives him much credit or talks much about him. But there he is. Beating some highly, highly touted riders. Just solid. Um. I know that's your thing, well, but the, the funny, the, yeah. Sorry, the, the funny thing about uh, that thing, I know we had been paying attention to it, but it's just funny to uh, to see all those guys, you know, to see the points going down, and we're we're leaving the track, and they're like, oh, you know, everyone's like, fifth in points and this and that, and I'm like, no, six, uh, you know, no, 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 we're fifth, we're fifth, we're fifth, no, you guys are sixth, and they had gotten so excited about you know getting around Stewart that they had completely forgot about Tomac for some reason and yeah. it wasn't a buzzkill obviously the day was still really well but they were just you know completely had forgotten about Tomac passing him it was like oh man like they they thought they were fifth in points so it was, yeah. just, it was well, pretty funny to to see the roller coaster that these guys go through even you know they're not battling for a championship yeah. but there's obviously so much pride and so much work goes into it that you know everyone's Vested. That's a part of that team. So news flash to Brett. Interesting. News flash to Brett Metcalf, who's currently fourth in points. Uh, you're gonna get clipped here. The number three will end up fourth in points, just which is phenomenal. So you uh, talking about about? I Maddie? know, but uh, I'm changing. I'm changing tunes. I used to be 100 percent with you on this. Why don't these solid dudes get enough respect? 
But I'm going to say, like I said a month or so ago, Metcalf has had a lot of factory rides on a lot of teams for a long time, and so is Short. Yeah, but so I can't really say with good conscience that they're getting screwed. But, Weege, aren't you in the pits or talking to fans who are like, why does Metcalf have a ride? I can't believe Andrew Short still has a ride. What's that guy done? He's never going to win. He's never going to win. Don't you hear that from? Don't you hear that from racers and fans? I do. Yeah, I do. But uh, they're mad. getting the paycheck, so I think they're doing okay. Would you rather have the fans saying that? Oh, or yeah. the Team saying it or collect well, your paycheck. The teams are still right. for the most part hiring these guys. Okay, so yeah. Metcalf's going to get clipped now. But again, we've already gone over this. He's had a factory ride with literally all five manufacturers dating back to what two thousand and one or something like that. Oh well, he had to go. To, he didn't have one last year. Okay, so he had a good 11-year run or so uh, with rides for every single team. I, I don't think they've gotten screwed that badly. No, it's not that much they're getting screwed. It's just, you know, I just don't think these guys should get a, get get appreciated as much as they should by other teams in the pits and other people in the pits, you know? I do agree with you on that, that maybe they don't get out, out outwardly get the respect that maybe the full respect they deserve. But it's not like they're right. penniless broke privateers no. on the side of the road with a beat-up van. They're not so on Privateer they're Island. Okay. No, they're not on Privateer Island. And I know from talking to Forrest Butler, JT, I mean, he couldn't be happier with having Andrew Short on his team. Couldn't be any happier. No, I think, I think uh, he was as advertised and better. Right. You know, when you, when you don't know someone very well, uh, and, and Andrew was, Short is what you hope they turn out to be. And, he was, sort of for, that, and so. he was sort of forced on the team a little bit. Like, not forced, but you know what I mean? It was like Shorty was a little eh, and Forrest was like eh. No, Forrest definitely wasn't eh. There's no doubt. That, that's definitely incorrect. I think, I mean, it was by far the best rider that team has ever had, so there was definitely no eh. But it I was, think it, how can we get this guy on the team? I think it was eh in the sense of taking on the cost of another guy. You know? Well, that's a different story. Oh. You're, you were saying that it's eh for us. Well, about, just eh for getting Shorty on the team because it's going to cost them, and how can we no, make no, the swing? No, no, mean, he was just trying to make it work. I, right. I promise you, under no circumstances was he anything other than trying to find a way to make it work. Hey, uh, second moto, Weege. Weston Pike, great ride to get fifth and battle with Metcalf, catch him and pass him. Uh, one minute and 36 seconds back on a, on a 2.12 lap time track. A minute. Yeah, 36. I was going to ask you guys about that because um, that's the huge weakness of being in that TV truck. Like I can see the battles, but when guys aren't battling each other, you never see what the gap is. So I was assuming it was something fierce. One, knowing the way those four guys were just motoing. One thirty-six. Oh my god! Like, and and Pike and Metcalf are hauling ass. And let's not. Let's yep. not. Let's not. You know. Let's not um, get that mistaken. Yep. But but their best times. Uh, um, Met, Met, Pike did a two seventeen, and all those guys did two twelves, except for Trey Kennard who did a two thirteen. By the way, Kennard wasn't in the two twelves, but he was just consistent, obviously. But uh, you know, I feel like it's been kind of tough for Pike um, right now. I feel like the uh, underratedness because he didn't have the ride, the, the the rallying cry of this poor guy is underrated. It's what this happens all the time. He got so underrated that he almost became overrated. <laughs> so I right. think now that he's doing really good. It doesn't, people aren't, it's not registering that he's actually doing as good as he's actually doing. Because I feel like the legend built up to the point where it was like, you give this guy a factory bike and he'll run with anybody. Well, well he's not running with anybody, but he's beating <laughs> all but, at times, four really fast dudes. Like, well, again, two years ago, you say Weston Pike gets fifth in a moto, you'd be like, are you kidding me? Oh, and he, by the way, he passed all these other factory guys while he's doing it. Are you kidding me? But now I think the legend got so built up. 
that he probably won't get a podium, doesn't appear this year. And I think people are going to be disappointed, like, oh, man, I thought if you gave that guy a factory bike, podiums, here we come. Well, that's just unrealistic. I think it's been a good year for him, but I really wonder if most people are thinking that. I think he's done well on the on this bike. This I time. do too, Weege, but I've heard it from two different people. Oh, look, look at he's He's done better on his privateer Suzuki because he got a fourth. Uh, not true. He did better in one race. Yeah, 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 but his best finish was on a privateer bike. I heard that. From a couple people where I'm Absolutely. like, Absolutely. I, I knew that was coming. Right. I knew that was coming. Yes, he did get fourth at one race ever. You know, last year he got fourth. But I feel like a lot of people usually say the difference in the factory bike and the privateer bike isn't necessarily the speed, it's the consistency. He's been way, 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 way more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. It was just unrealistic to say, oh, you put him on that RCH bike and he'll just smoke Tomac, Rocks, and Dungy at times, win races, or get on the podium. Like, if he gets fifth like he did this weekend, it's not the first time. He'll do it again, too. That's awesome. But I don't think he's getting the respect for it because the, the hype got almost too much. Mm-hmm. What, happened to, what happened to him in the sense? first moto? Did he call, crash or did he just get a bad start? I don't remember. He got 10th first moto. So. Who is this? Weston Pike. Pike. Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't remember seeing him down. Yeah. but um, He was in a battle the whole way. I think he was just battling. He was with Weimer and Metcalf the whole way and... Um, uh, all right, let's uh, join that second tier of guys. He's just as good as any of them. They swap right. positions in every moto, and I think that's awesome. But it somehow appears disappointing because of the the oh, if you just get I, I just think bike thing, I'm I'm kind of bummed for him. I just think Pike. He was in 15th on the first lap, and then he just steadily moved up to 10th, and that's where he stayed. Right. I just think I mean Pike's a, a great rider. He is now in the conversation with Josh Grant, Andrew Short, uh, Jake Weimer, Metcalf, and those guys. He's right in that conversation. He's in the 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 B group of riders, let's call it, and that's his ceiling. I feel I don't feel like he's going to get any higher, but there is nothing wrong with being in that B group of riders. Those are some well, no, I, and I'm looking at the lap times as we're talking about it, and the top four were doing. And Trey winning the moto was the slowest of the top four. They all did a 212, and Weston did a 217. Oh, thanks, so, for, thanks for paying attention. I just said that five minutes I, ago. I understand right. that. I'm just reiterating it. But I was looking further back at because we were actually laughing about this on Saturday night. Uh, Gorky was doing like a 220, and he's like, he was like, oh, I, you know, I felt like I was riding pretty good. And they're like, yeah, those guys were doing 212s, you know. So it's yeah. it's shocking at the difference. And I, I know you had already talked about that, but I was just kind of wanted to show the gap, you know, because even in the first moto with Andrew Short, uh, he got fifth, or you know, and but we were kind of all like talking about how far the first four were gone. Yeah, you know, it was just like they were out of there, even when Andrew got a good start. So it's crazy in our there's sport. There's a clear cut top four right now, that's it, for sure. It's crazy in our sport that it's so, and I don't think that's a good thing having those top four guys that much better. It's not a good thing, you know, but it At is least what it's it is. Not one guy, no, true, true. Yeah, it could be one guy. We saw the one guy for, for 10 years. So seen that a lot. We've seen it with Stu, we've seen it with Carmichael, we've seen right. it with Villapoto at times. Timmy. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, oh, by the way, Chad Reed, uh, we thought maybe he pulled out of the first moto because he hurt his back or whatever, but I uh, know he ate crap pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, he's Big in one. fifth or sixth, so hurt his, hurt his arm, and that was it for that. And Michael Byrne came back and uh, got a 18th in the first moto after he was 14th, but then he fell. Second moto, he had a mechanical, so he was uh, way back after that, so... Team 2-2, not a, not a great day for them. Uh, Kyle Chisholm uh, crashed out of Moto2, crashed in Moto1. But, hey, we got to give him props. He drove five hours through the night and then won the Canadian National the next day. So, yeah, good, good job for Chiz. He didn't even know if he was going to ride. 
the Canadian race. The Canadian race. Yeah. 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 Well, I think he's beat it, up pretty bad. Dude, I think if he raced the American race and then the ones that he actually gets paid for, but he showed up and didn't didn't ride, that's not a good that's not a good move. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I'm sure he wanted to ride. He just, I mean, he was sore. Like, I, I yeah. was a little bit worried how it was going to go. But but good job for him. Tucked good, it out. Good job for Chiz. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Jacob Weimer, 11-15, uh, but again, first race back after, well, Melville was his first race back. Then he took a go off. Then he came back for Unadilla again. So, Mitchell Oldenburg, 13-13. Good job by him. Strong. Yeah, good job. And Norrin rode well, too, 10th overall. Norrin, Norrin is... Uh, I think one of the biggest stories of the summer. I really, I really believe that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think this gets him any kind of ride. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't either. think it does. I he just I don't. It's he, a cruel world out there. He rode 250 Supercross and he wasn't that good, and he doesn't have a lot of Supercross experience. And guy's a good dude, great guy. Um, yeah, yeah. This isn't a personality contest. Like we know. said, though, like I don't think if and if you're Honda, this is this is awesome. This is incredible. And as a matter of fact, I'm waiting for Norrin to throw a huge fit that he does not have the KYB. Suspension components. I'm sure that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> How long until he Instagrams Trey's shock or fork and then says, you know, WTF, Honda? <laughs> good, good job by him. All right, let's take a commercial break here on the show. We're running a bit late here on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX. Save yourself money. And uh, Foxhead.com presented by Fox Racing. Ryan Dungey running the cyan blue uh, 2015 Fox gear to a race win at uh, Unadilla. And also, uh, listen to this commercial for Racetech. Save yourself money using Pulpamex 14 code uh, at Racetech. I know you probably need some suspension work. So take a listen here, and we'll be right back to talk 250s. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension, and they've been along, around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Racetech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Fee, the owner of Racetech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. All right, 250s. Let's move on to that, right? No, everyone's good? No one has anything else to say? 450-wise? I have a question. Okay. I have a question. Villapoto's out there, does he win? Yes. Okay. I agree. I happen to agree. Okay. Throwing it out there. Yeah, same answer here. Uh, what's Villapoto going to you know, do? By the way, now that we know his knee injury from Supercross was actually really this bad, like it was a straight-up torn ACL meniscus, mm-hmm. he said the worst of all the knee injuries he's had. Uh, but since he didn't talk about it during Supercross, we didn't get to reflect on it. Does that not make his season even more impressive? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe. By the way, he yeah. won the Supercross title. He wrapped it up early, as usual, and this year he did it with a bad leg, and he still went out and won the last four races. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there was a tiny scare at the beginning of the year. Reed was on it. Tiny scare. Stewart got on it midway through. But for the most part, he had the guys handled all year long again, four straight years, this time even with an injury. Yeah. I really, I really feel that take, if you take the last four races out, it was his least impressive of his titles, Supercross. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you but can't take the, we know the last four. But wait a minute. Yeah. It was like, why? why is he not as dominant? But now he's got a pretty good reason. But wait a minute. I, I mean, can you really take out the last four? It's all part of one, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know what you're saying, but you sort of have to look at it like a 17-race series. And then when it counted at the end, he laid it down. All right, here's another question about 450s. You guys ready? Does James Stewart race again this year? No. Weege? Uh, I don't think so. I don't either. I heard a rumor that he will, but I'll believe when I see it. Right. I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah, I'm not stamping it or anything. I just, yeah. It's just my opinion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, just simple, simple bench racing. So, um, well, well, I feel like we have to uh, make that very clear now in the wake of three-on-three. Three. <laughs> right. Um, well, you guys, I, I, I don't know if you heard of this, but I got to the bottom of what RV's doing next year. I got to the bottom of it. Oh, yeah? Oh, I feel yeah. like I got to the bottom of it as well. Uh, I, I, text, I think our answers are going to be different. I texted him and said, what are you doing next year, bro? And he sent me a photo of him driving an RC car around the track. Or a there video, it is. A video. There it is, folks. He is becoming a professional uh, RC car driver. I asked Along him, with Casey Stoner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he never, and then he never replied back again. I, just, I asked him another question, and there was nothing else. He, <laughs> he, he dropped the mic and walked away. I am racing RC cars. Dropped the phone and picked up his remote. I just want people to know that, like, uh, you know, the media is trying to do their job. So I texted him. I asked him. That's what I got back. So. Uh, I told you, if you were to quiz the fans, would you rather hear about Unadilla or know right. what's going to happen next year? You know what's more intriguing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, by the way, I had to announce almost all day on Saturday. I didn't get paid for it either, Weech. <laughs> not happy about that. Um, Rocket Rob Bidas at the MotoGP race, so somehow I was recruited to fill in and with Megawatt. Yes, Megawatt. Who Meg- knew? Megawatt. Who knew the day would come? Who I had seen this coming? Who had Megawatt and Mathis announcing nationals together? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who had that in the pool? Oh, man. How did I do, JT? How was I? No, you're good. You're yeah. good. Um, you know, I think... Uh, I think Rob Bidus does a great job, so I could definitely tell that you know he has so much more experience than oh. both of you doing this. Bidus rules. Uh, just, just it would basically be the same thing as if uh, it was Langston and Fro in the booth versus uh, you know having Ralph or a guy like Wygan or a guy in there. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, Lurch was there to kind of carry parts of it. But it's just you you start to see all the things that they're so well versed in doing carrying the show and and going yeah. to different segments and things like that so but, but otherwise i mean you guys the, the analysis and all that stuff was great the next time i come down on earth remember i have somewhat done the job somewhat done the job so all right 250s uh i think the real the real story here is uh uh luke renslin coming back from loretta's Finally got to really? start. Finally got to start. No, just kidding. Um, uh, no, uh, Purcell. Purcell. Wow. Um, Told you. Yeah. 
Yeah, you you stamped it. Uh, Adam Cincerello stamped it. Although to be fair, Adam has stamped Procell winning a couple times this year. So yeah, um, but he's good on that track. There's no doubt. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, Marvin was great in that first moto, and I thought Marvin was going to get him. Did you guys think that? I I, uh, I didn't. yes, I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Yep. I thought Marvin was going to get him, but full credit to Purcell, who's had a bit of a issue with late in the motos. He hung on, man, and he dropped his times back down, and, and, and he won. So great job by him. And second moto. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because I haven't seen Purcell do exactly what you just said. I haven't seen him be able to drop his lap times back down yep. once they start to rise. Yeah. That was the difference, I thought. He was able to, you know, get under control whatever he was going through as far as his rising lap times and then redrop them, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do for, you know, those that have never been in that spot. It's, mm-hmm. it's really tough to refocus, uh, kind of get your second wind and, and not start to panic because those guys that you've had at bay are coming, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they – they feed off of that. It's not just, you know, the status quo and their lap times are better. They start to feed off of the, the fact that they're catching you, and it, it almost, uh, you know, it increases and increases. Yeah. You know, the momentum builds off of, off of each other. So it's impressive. I, I was, uh, you know, I, I know I talked to you right after the moto, and you weren't really that impressed because you knew there was another moto to come. Yes. But I really was. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great ride. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he's good there, Weege, as you've pointed out a few times. Yeah, I mean, I'll give full credit. I think uh, JT was the one that was pointing out even more than I was. But uh, I just felt it was late enough in the moto. I mean, Marvin was catching him for sure. But I thought it was late enough. I'm like, well, he's only going to have two or three laps to really work on him. And I just mm-hmm. figured Porcel's just too good to and knows the lines too well. I just didn't think he'd figure out a way to pass him. Porcel's been pretty awesome this year mm-hmm. at making it difficult. Uh, and if he only had to do it for three laps, I, I had faith there. But I was worried at the second moto he was just going to bomb but um, it was pretty good, oh. although Porcel did tell me. I'm like, when Martin got you, were you just thinking about the overall? And he's like, no, I want to win every moto I'm in. I think he stayed behind me and learned my lines, and that was my bad. You know, I should have tried to get away. Yeah. So he, he took it on the chin. I was, I was impressed. Out. I didn't think he could do it. I thought Washugal's second moto, I saw a guy that looked like he was just had really no fight in him, no drive in him. I don't, I don't know what was wrong. I never could never get to the bottom, but whatever was wrong, uh, wasn't bad enough to make him pull off or, or you know, look like he was in obvious pain. So he showed me because uh, I didn't think he had it in him to uh, to come back and, and, and win. And uh, I, I just, yeah, obviously he loves the track. He loves the place. He did bomb, Weege. He, he got another bomb. So France, bomb. France is, bomb. Yeah, France is uh, again, the, the Frenchman may get U.S. The, the TSA may have something to say about this Frenchman with another bomb. Syracuse Airport is, uh, right. has a new trophy. In their I read, room, I'm sure. I, and I read Porcel's interview. You know, a lot of these guys had the drug test. They had the pee after the race, and so yep. um, they were. A lot of guys were late getting there. I know I was hanging out with uh, uh, Tim Ferry. I don't know. This could be a big shock, but I was hanging out with Tim Ferry, and uh, Tomac comes strolling by in his gear, and I'm like, "What? What? What? Like in the uh, airport? No, 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 no. Long after uh, the race. No, long after the uh, race. So I was like, "What's that going? Awesome. Yeah, right." I said, "What's going on?" And then, yeah, these guys were all testing. So Purcell was another guy that had, you know, was kind of late. But yeah, the press conference was uh, pretty much useless. I mean, yeah. it was literally over an hour uh, from when the moto ended right. to anyone was even available. Yeah. And then the two fifty guys, who you know, their moto starts an hour even later. It was probably almost three hours. I read. Um, I read your interview with Purcell though, and 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 he said, uh, "You said the competition today was pretty solid all the way around, just to get up front, just to lead motos." And he goes, "The bike is amazing for the starts. That's for sure." 
We've been working on suspension every single weekend and every single week with KYB, so we're moving forward. It's a new bike for me, so I'm still trying to get used to it. Um, it's been four months. So I'm not exactly sure, you know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, this stuff drives me crazy. I'm still trying to get used to with a new bike. And, I mean, come on. Really? So how much are you riding during the week then? I mean, you've got to be pounding out motos to get used to your bike. It's just uh, maybe something was lost in the translation there. But like, no, really? he's, he's been adamant about that all year. You know, he's like, I rode basically oh. Kawasaki my entire life, except for like two races with Moto Concept. I think what you have to realize with almost anything is Purcell is just weird and different compared to any other guy. Like, he seems to be so sensitive or, or he just rides, everything's different. So I would say maybe whatever kind of weird feel or safety he's looking for, it could be possible to take him that long. Well, he, he's led. He's like led. Nothing applies to him as it would apply to anybody. A, anybody else said that, I'd be like, that's ridiculous. I'm not trying to shit on his win because good job. He showed me wrong and all that. But he's led. He's gone. Had the fastest lap times out of the whole class every weekend. Pulled all these hole shots. He's comfortable on the motorcycle. Okay? He's used to it. He's going faster than anyone else almost every single week. It, I find it hard to believe you're not used to a bike when you are going faster than anyone else. Just I just I can't I can't deal with this anymore. I need to get I need to quit because this stuff makes me mad. Like okay, you're not happy with your suspension and you're working on it. I get that for sure, but you're not used to the bike. I mean, sweet Jesus! When you do get used to it, you should be winning every single moto then by ten seconds. Are you mad? No, I'm not mad. I just. You sound mad. That's a ridiculous comment. That's a ridiculous comment. You're not used to the bike. Come on. Uh, I got another one for you. Um, in the inter- that same interview, okay, he is now. He said, "I was like, so I just want you to let everybody know because he's told me I'm like you're really putting in the work now. I mean, I know in the pro circuit days you're kind of known as you would just show up on the race weekends, and he was adamant that he never said that in the pro circuit days. That was never true. He never didn't put in the work." I swear he was putting that out there himself for two straight years. Am I making this up? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I didn't see the hour meter, but I was told by a pro circuit mechanic that they took his bike back after the end of the year, and there was eight hours on it. Yeah, and then he, I told him that, and then he's like, well, you know Kyle, that's a mechanic. He talks a good game. It wasn't Kyle I, I heard it from. I swear that that was a, a Purcell. Maybe it wasn't even true, but it was the mind game thing he was putting out there. I agree. I think he was, but we have to go back and look, I guess. It's been a few years. I don't know. Why would we have just made that up? I don't see how we would have stumbled upon, hey, I heard Purcell doesn't even train during the week. Like, where would we come up with that? They, the pro circuit guy said he would ride his 450 on Wednesday at Paris. That would be his, <laughs> his, his riding regiment. So. so why would he just make that up? I don't know. I don't know, you know anymore I mean? like, about I, these I, riders. I don't know about these riders anymore. I really don't. What I think it is is that Porcel was putting this out there like it was his, his kind of mind game thing, you know. Like JMB did the same thing, right? He right. supposedly was working harder than he was le- than he was leading on. Mm-hmm. And now I think four years later he forgot that he was running that shtick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And now he's just like, I was riding, I was training. Why would you think I wasn't? Because he forgot that he was purposely telling people he wasn't as some sort of trick. JT, uh, Jeremy Martin told me and told someone at Racer X, I forgot who it was that he was surprised to get picked for Disney Nations because he thought that, you know, he's a rookie and they'd maybe go with somebody with more experience. And I said, come on. He must have been talking to the guy that was telling you that Baggett was going. 
Yeah, really, right? Yeah, the guy, yeah, a guy on Twitter <laughs> told me. I said, expect it to be Jeremy Martin and Dungey and Roxanne and Weege. And the guy on Twitter said, no, it's going to be Baggett. Whoa. And I'm like, oh. And I started questioning myself. Like, really? This guy seems pretty well, adamant. Then you're know, like, no, I, I, I think it's Martin. He's like, no, you're wrong. No, no you're wrong. It's Baggett. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> am I crazy? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, JT, I, he, so... I mean, Martin was surprised and mentioned it a couple times. Well, I'm not. I mean, I don't know how you can be surprised when you have a 66 point lead <laughs> right, or whatever the lead I, was going in. I mean, you know? if Roger yeah. didn't pick him and pick Baggett, uh, that's a would be a yeah. huge surprise. I, you look at Baggett's results at the Motocross of Nations, and he's 50 or 60 points behind the you know going to be champion. How you know how can you pick him? You know, yeah, I, I mean, no, if, I, if something happened to Martin, sure, but. That would be a huge slap in the face to not only Yamaha but Jeremy Martin and that team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I think uh, JT know that it's previous results for Baggett. If he had gone there and killed it, I think he would get the nod. We've seen that happen before. Like Emig was on the team over and over on the 125. Doug Henry never got the nod, but Henry was beating him for titles. But I think they were like, Emig's done it. The team's done it. He mm-hmm. does well when he's here. Let's just stick with what works. But Baggett's four motos over there weren't awesome. So. No, no. Yeah, no. I think Martin will do well too. I think he'll do pretty well. He's a solid, solid guy. Um, I think that. But I've got something hilarious too. about that. Mm. This is Matt. I mean, I shouldn't even tell you this stuff, Matt. This is just going to get you matter and matter. So Guy B asks Martin about. It. He's like, "Hey, you're going to have to race Corolla. He's racing MX2." And he said, "Yeah, I don't know too much about the rules, but they were telling me at this race you race against 450s, and the gate drops the same for both." And you have to race against him? <laughs> that doesn't make me mad. know that. It doesn't make you me mad. his brother has raced this before, yeah? It doesn't make me mad. It makes me weep. It makes me sad. Well, I, I could understand if you just never paid attention, but his own brother raced this. Yeah. Did he, yeah. Did he not watch his own brother? Yeah. On a 250 against 450. Right. And his brother's going. By the way, Alex is going for Puerto Rico. So. Oh, that's even been announced because uh, I have a guy, well, I don't want to, I don't want to announce it for him, but I have a guy who really, really wants to go for that team. Oh, well, uh, oh. Alex told me he was in, so maybe I should. Okay, yeah, I need to. News. I need to try to find out some right. contact info. Uh, what about I, filthy. I think I think it'll be the Alex and Filthy show. Yeah, I think we need to have a little more spotlight on this. Hmm. Like, can we get a video crew to follow? I mean, this. Yeah, got to be awesome. Those two traveling the world. <laughs> oh, they're. JT was there at uh, last year. Oh yeah, they were a comedy show. Good times. They were a comedy duo, telling each other how bad each other sucked and how the other one cost the Puerto Rico the, the A main. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, no, um, JT, I'm going to owe you some money too. Team USA is going to the Motocross Nations. I owe that you, is I correct. I owe you twenty bucks. But I think really I'm going to try to get Dunge to pay you because <laughs> okay because had he not said he was going to go, change his mind. I don't know if they would have gone. Oh, they still would have gone. It would have just been Trey instead of... Um, hey, Weege, so Hampshire got a lot of the hype going into this race as the rookie, and he, he showed well. He had a good qualifying time. He crashed twice in each moto, but in the end, Aldridge, 13-8, and, he, and come from behind eighth in that second moto. So are you surprised? Um, I talked to some people about that even going into the race and, and after the race. Um, I think the fear is, I, I might have mentioned this on our podcast last week about where it is. I think the teams are getting smarter now about following all the amateur things. And I know I should always talk about Loretta's because that's the company I work for and I announce it and everything like that. But you just have to be careful 
and taking the results off of one race. And even after the best or the most prestigious, um, I heard a lot of people say, man, Aldridge was just, was just disappointing at Loretta's. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't take too much stock in that. He is really good. Like, don't completely read into the Loretta's results. Because he, he was not in the same level of Hampshire at all there. There's no doubt about it. But I heard a lot of people saying, like, be careful to draw conclusions over that. Maybe they were right. Yeah. What do you think of RJ's day, uh, JT? Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, you know, I, I know there were some predictions made by him, which were basically uh, uh, taken away, or or he thought better of them. I think. Um, so I, th- I think it was a learning experience for him. Uh, I think you know he'll improve, and and obviously uh, I was really interested to see what he did with that third place start in the second moto, and and clearly it didn't go how he wanted it to. Um, but he'll get better. You know, he was he was fast all day. He was ninth in the first practice and mm-hmm. showed promise. But I think he also maybe learned that he's not going to go out there and just dominate everyone or or run with the leaders because I mean those guys are you know mm-hmm. they were what uh, Hampshire was coming out of the amateur class. And you look at how long it took them to kind of realize their potential. You know, guys like Jeremy Martin are now now establishing what they wanted to be, Jason Anderson. Uh, it's not just, you know, very rarely do guys come out and immediately go to the front. That That's not, you know, that's the exception, not the norm. So yeah. I think he got a glimpse of that. Um, he told me that Anderson and Seeley just straight cleaned him out. Just welcome to the pros, kid. And, well, and, and some of it was maybe do that interview. Unfortunately, when know. you say things that you probably shouldn't, right? that tends to happen. Yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. So. Yeah. Um, People don't like to be disrespected. I want to save the guy from himself. He, uh, Geico, puts out press releases on Saturday right after the races. Okay, now obviously I think he's probably regretting some of the things he said or how it was interpreted after Loretta's. Dude, the Geico press release, his quote in there was, the competition really wasn't any different from what I was used to as amateurs, but the track was harder. And Chase Dow and I are like, you know what, we're not using that quote. This dude, we need to protect this dude from himself. Like, what? do not say that. The competition is not any different from uses amateurs. Are you kidding me? Well, hold on. Like, what? What is wrong? Why would you say that? <laughs> well, I, I honestly think that's that's what I've come to know. To be real fair, that, that's what I would expect. Um, what, yeah, what? and you know what? He might be served well in in the long run, having that attitude. You know, having that confidence. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing that point. But I, I from what I know and what the things I've read, that's not. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. I asked him in my post-race interview, what was the biggest surprise for you today? And he said, I don't know. The competition was good, but I'd say the track. Track was gnarly today. Well, JT, I do want to swing that over to you. I was talking about that with Chase Dow this morning. That, you know, we used to race Millville after Loretta's, which is a track that a lot of the guys had probably ridden at some point as an amateur. And I don't think it's that different from other tracks. There's probably other tracks you could ride that could prepare you for Millville. Unadilla is a pretty tough test. Because, JT, man, is there any track on earth that's like that, especially when it's rutted like it was, to really prepare you for this? No, no, I, I think it was definitely tough, but I know the tracks he practices on, and they're very, very difficult. So I think it was tough, but I think the pace he was forced to ride, when people are passing you and you're riding over your limit at all times because you're getting passed, I just think it's a ridiculous statement to think that the that the competition wasn't you know any different. I I think that maybe the tr- you know the pace he was trying to ride on a track like that made it worse. But I it's it's just ridiculous for me to well, to hear that he doesn't think the competition was. You know much what? Different. You know Timmy Ferry was a lot like that, and now we're seeing where it's come from. 
Yeah, the cockiness. For yeah, sure. I mean, if there's one rider that you think of, it's Tammy Ferrer. <laughs> um, hey, Savachi, six straight motos in the top ten. I don't know if you two, you two jerkies have noticed, but yeah, he's been good. Yeah, he's nine been, uh, nine nine for obviously se- much improved. Nine nine for seventh. That's living right, right there. Um, well, you know, that goes right back to what J two was saying about you know it takes. You know, Savaggio is another good guy as an amateur, but it, with injuries and everything else, it's been really two years before he finally gets it all figured out. They might mm-hmm. always figure it out for a moto here and there, but a little stretch, it almost does take two years or so to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Just another one of them. Um, uh, McElrath did well, too. Alex Martin did well, get ninth overall. Uh, Zach Osborne came back, set a good qualifying time, and then fell first lap of the first moto and, and didn't finish, then came back and got seventh. I texted with him a little bit, and he told me he thought he could have been on the podium had he had a better day, had, had things started off pretty better for him. So uh, people forgot about Zach Osborne a little bit out there, I think. And maybe maybe all three of us are guilty of that a little bit. Um, he certainly looked good. Yeah. When I was watching him ride, he looked good. Jason Anderson's but... uh, season is falling apart again, Weech, near the end here. Yeah, that's right. There's no doubt about it. He did yeah. the same thing last year. Yeah. I didn't put that together until you just brought that up. But, yeah, yeah it was almost the same exact pattern. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, a few positions further forward this year, but... Yeah. He, he had, a, had a handguard problem in the first moto. I don't know if it was from a fall or not, but he had to pull in and get it fixed. Anybody know what was up with Cooper Webb? Uh, not a good qualifying time. Second moto, he went from second to eighth, or second to seventh, which is unlike him. And uh, second moto, his bike broke, so not really his fault. But uh, he lost second in the points to Baggett. Bad day for Cooper Webb. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think... No uh, idea. The, the biggest problem for him this year, I think, has been start. I know he did have a good start in that one, but his starts have been pretty bad this year. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, you're just, you know, you're just uh, running the risk. You're just going to have bad weeks sometimes. Where you're not getting starts, so I think it's just bound to happen sometimes. Yeah. So I just think he had a bad day. He didn't look good. At, yeah. You know, he, he really didn't excel at any point during the day. Maybe the weekend off. Maybe he just went on some sort of bender. Just sure you know, that's what it was. Cocaine hookers, the whole thing. Celebrated yeah, his sure. success. Just couldn't get it back for the weekend off. You don't know what these guys are doing the weekend off, Weech. You have no idea. Uh, he Seeley, had enough rumors about him this summer. Seely uh, crashed, I think, second moto, so he pulled off. Luke Reslin, what do you think, Weech? You're all a Redlin expert here. 1815. Uh, I heard that one of those was a first turn crash to either the 15th or the 18th. Okay. That's what I've heard. All right. Some people on the side of the track were actually very impressed. They're like, dude, I saw him in last. And he ended up in the top twenty. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, yeah. I know there was some wonder. I think all those guys should be happy with the results. I'm not sure if Hampshire actually is, but I think all three of them should be happy. Yeah, I don't think Hampshire was that pumped, but no, I wouldn't think so. Maybe. I noticed in his interview with you, he said uh, two top tens would be good um, with the last two rounds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Can you say that. Yeah, but this is the same guy that said we'll be on the podium without a doubt. Maybe you guys should fucking back up your truck a little more all over uh, R.J. Hampshire. Maybe you guys haven't run him over enough. Hey, I'm saying I think it will serve him well in the future. I just bastards. I don't know why you'd say that stuff. You just got to be careful. I'm kidding. Yeah, you you're painting the target you on yourself was really my only thing. I mean, he, he painted want. the target great, and then Seeley but... and Anderson drove right through the target. <laughs> <laughs> they saw the target and then they went for it. Um. Yeah. All right. Anything else, or do you want to talk about Indiana? The word of the day. How about uh, how about Stormtrooper, Weege? Oh no! Don't do this to me. I know you're a big fan of the Star Wars trilogy. Oh no! I will have to say something about Star Wars. Stormtrooper? The Kryptonite. 
You can get it in there. Darth Vader. Yoda. Anything? Toyota. Oh, what? <laughs> Toyota. Toyota. <laughs> you need to get Toyota and Toyota in there, both. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well. Uh, just give me a Star Wars term. Absolutely. Which one do you want? Uh, JT, you pick. What about Bantha fodder? Um, what about Bantha fodder? <laughs> Tuscan Raider. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. Uh, <laughs> Tuscan Raider. Tuscan Raider. Yeah, that was going to go with that one. Right. Sand Tuscan people. Raider. Good Lord, I don't even know. Sand, what that is. sand people would be good. No. I'm going to stick with Jihad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of that one. I had nothing to do with this besides hit the record button. Good, good chance. Jihad, jihad is not a derogatory term. It's not, but it'll be taken that way. Yeah. Well, unless well, I can't, everything I can't in the Middle East help gets settled between now and Saturday. Well, I know you can't help that, JT, but we've seen this over and over. So. That's on them. <laughs> your stupidity is on you. I will not apologize for your... Moron, mor- I don't know what the right word is. Moronic? I'm, I'm trying to call someone else stupid, but I can't conjugate a verb. <laughs> Um, jihad is a very sensitive uh, term. You know, it is considered no, to be part of terrorism, which has cost people lives. Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper. I don't. I don't recommend you say jihad, but it would be okay. Great. Thank you. Stormtrooper. Stamp it. All right. Um, Stormtrooper, I think, is pretty good. Okay. And not I, a proper and, term. And um, you know, it, there's no none, none of that, but it's going to be tough. I'm looking forward to you getting it in, Weege. I hope you do. I want to I want to get this back into a positive thing and not a us versus positive thing and not a us versus yeah. vibe. So I hope you get it in. I think Stormtrooper would be very easy at Utah though because I think I looked like a Stormtrooper walking off to the track after the second moto. <laughs> hey, talk- I'm very disappointed that I'm now going to have to actually like look into something and learn something about Star Wars. I uh, yes, we know all this. about your movie uh your movie theory. If people don't know, uh Weege ne- does not watch has no interest in, does not care about movies that cannot happen in real life. It's, yes. it's the most ridiculous theory I think I've ever heard from a human being. But he does not watch them. He does not let his daughter. So does your daughter watch them or no? Do you, do you make her watch? Well, Aaron- I, you're not going to stop her from wanting to watch cartoons. That's going to be pretty tough. So, Or you don't make so her watch the, What's the over under? Aladdin last night. I think she believes that that can happen in real life. So it's a little bit different. Okay. But you yourself waiting for a real genie to happen. I don't want to break her heart. So. You, you yourself, you won't watch any superhero movies. You won't watch any no, Star Wars movies. You, uh, Aaron Brockovich. No. Do you think Aladdin? Do you think the character Aladdin has ever partaken in a jihad? <laughs> you, you. I watched a movie last night. I think he was. You won't. You'll watch Aaron Brockovich. True story. You think he could weaponize that magic carpet? Will Will you watch a movie like? Uh, Mr. Brooks came out a few years ago. Kevin Costner's a serial killer and all that. Like, it's not real, but it could happen. It no, was... that's, I guess, what I'm saying. I'm not saying it has to be based on a true story. Hmm. It just has to be based on human beings doing things that human beings can actually do. Okay. If it's something that can only happen via special effects, I'm not interested. <laughs> JT, that's just so yeah. ridiculous. Like, <laughs> we, just, we just own level of hell is, is a sci-fi marathon. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. The, like, Pulp Fiction was a great movie. I'm not saying it was based on a true story. Yep. But, uh, you know, right. regular people doing regular people things. Okay. Yeah, because uh, people, Samuel that all Jackson happen in real life. Samuel Jackson would definitely be a serial killer and then also just quote the Bible 
for hours on end. Yes. Before he shoots somebody. Very typical, yeah. It could be done. It could be done. Right. You do not need CGI special effects to create this. Mm-hmm. No worries. <laughs> this is the most insane theory uh, out of all your theories. It's just <laughs> out of the transfer of power or anything. It just blows me away that you wouldn't want to be interested. I think he's just mad that CGI costs so much money. I think it all comes back to the money. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, maybe so. He likes those lower budget movies just because they were yeah, lower people budget. people just talking, very right. like real life stuff. And right. That's yeah, very low budget yeah. stuff. Doing, you know, it's like sports. You respect the general managers who are able to you know, make something with nothing. Respect that. that a producer is able to make a great movie despite the small budget. Got to give him credit. Unbelievable. Okay. Privateers. Okay, everybody. Uh, the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast. Unadilla wrap up, three on three wrap up, word of the day wrap up. Presented by Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. 2015 stuff has dropped. Uh, use the code PulpaMex and save yourself money at BTO. And uh, yeah, everybody, we, uh, we thank you for listening. Thanks, JT, and thanks, Weege. Back to you. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely, 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. 
Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.